Ah, here we go, embarking on Tehillim Kapitel Aleph, King David's Life 101. There is just so much to say, and I will try to capture as much as I can this beautiful capital. And if you want to get the most out of what we're doing, you could either say the capital before you hear the commentaries, or you could listen to the commentaries and then say it afterwards, and hopefully, hopefully this will enhance your understanding. Before we begin, I want to just review two important points that I mentioned earlier, and that is that Firstly, Radak explains that there are two parts to Sefer Tillam. The first part is Psalms 1 to 72, which are inspired by specific events that transpired in David's life, which I'll try to enumerate here. And the second is Psalms 73 to 150, which were general prayers, cries, and praises of Hashem, of Hashem to Hashem. And we'll keep in mind those things as we explore all of Tillam, Bezer Hashem. Uh, secondly, David encapsulated, remember, so much holiness and feelings and emotions, like Rav says, in Tehillim. And the first four chapters are historically recited as a shmirah for Kedusha, holiness, specifically on Yom Kippur night, and nightly by some as part of the Hamapil. And one of the most important things I want to say about Tehillim is Echad Amar Echad Amamit, Libo Tehillim is never a question of quantity, but it's always a question on the quality of the connection that you have to Hashem. Let us, please, dive into David's heartfelt words and connect to our Maker. The first thing is really fascinating. The first Rashi and Tehillim. There's so many tell, uh, things on Tehillim that are just not known or understood. But in Ashra Ish, Rashi says that there are ten expressions of song that you find throughout the Sefer. Lam Natseach, Nigan, Mizmor, Shir, Halel, Tefillah, Bracha, Hoda, Ashrei, Haluka. And they are connected to ten people that author this. And again, this goes back to our original theme, um, which we talked about, that David put it all together based on Adam and other people as well. And we'll, we'll talk about that as it comes up, as Hashem. Um, one thing that always bothered me about the first Pasuk is it's kind of in the negative. Praiseworthy is the man who doesn't do the following. What do you mean? Asher lo halach He doesn't follow the evil people. Why do you say that? He didn't do all those things. He didn't sit with scoffers and bad people. He didn't walk with them, etc., etc. I would have thought it should say, Praiseworthy is a man that, that dedicated his life to Torah. But I believe the answer is very simple. And that is that in life there are two things. There's Sor Meirah, how we have to stop doing the wrong thing, and Ase Tov, do the right thing. And sometimes when we clarify what we should not be doing, that helps us propel ourselves further into understanding what we should be doing. And so in order to start to him, the first thing is lo halach, don't follow, don't walk with evil people, and don't stand with chatam, sinners, and don't sit with scoffers. And therefore, that's the first step, the sor meirah, what to turn away from. And the next step is ase tov, that's what you do. You focus on your spiritual growth. There's a very famous idea that I've mentioned many times, um, and I will say it again because it's very dear to me. Chazal say explicitly that the order here, that someone walks with the Rishon, then stands with the sinners, and then sits with the Leitzim, is very simple. And that is that this is the way it is in life, that no one goes to evil right away. But there's a small influence where I'll walk with him which is the smallest out of all those things. But that action will lead him to end up standing with him and schmoozing longer, and then that action will end up making him sit with him. And we have to be so careful. But then I have a bomb kasha, because later on in Tehillim, David Melch describes himself and says, Lo shavti in shav. I didn't sit with people that waste their time. What do you mean, didn't sit? You should say, I didn't even walk with them. I didn't stand with them. Nothing. What do you mean I didn't sit? Sit is the least of them. But the answer is that Chazal tell us that the Yitzhahara which appears to a person, is to the Russia, the Gemara at the end of Sukkot tells us 
that Tzadikim Nibelhem Kahar. Tzadikim, it looks like a mountain. And then Tzadikim, when Mashiach comes, are going to weep and say, wow, how could I have overcome this mountain? But for the Rishalim, it looks like a hair. Which one is it? Is it a hair or a mountain? The answer is it really genuinely is a hair. However, the Tzadikim, those that want to go on the righteous path, they see the severity of all the sins that I'm not just standing with you. I'm not just walking with you and then standing with you and then sitting with you. This act of even just walking with you is an element of sitting with you, and I see where this is going to end. And that's a shot. says, the way I stayed away from it is because I didn't give any heter. I saw right through it that this is exactly not going to lead to where I want to be going. So those are some ideas on the first capital. And now I have one more main theme that I want to share with you, and hopefully we'll understand a little bit what the Radak is talking about as well. Okay, so David Amalek in this capital asks a question that all of mankind has wondered since the beginning of time. How long will I live for? It's a Gemara and Shabbos stuff that Laman of Adolf. So Hashem answered David, I have decreed that this cannot be revealed to a man of flesh and blood. What's going on here? And why is man specifically described as flesh and blood? The Gemara Pesachim 54b tells very interestingly that there are really seven things that are not revealed to man. Number one is his lifespan, which is what we're talking about. Number two is his day of salvation, which Rashi says means from personal troubles. We always dive into Hashem for help in all different things. Number three is true judgment, which Rashi says is in the future, what will happen. Number four is what others are thinking in their minds. Number five is which business deals will profit, because then everybody would just follow those, and really it's all from Hashem. And number six, when Malchus based David, the Mashiach will come. And number seven, when the government will fall. I'm not going to go into all those. Why the mystery? What's the point? The common thread and rationale behind all these items being required to remain hidden is that society cannot function on a physical or spiritual level if man was privy to any of that information. If everyone knew which area of work would be successful, then the entire world would only focus on that profitable endeavor and no one would do anything else. There would be no food, clothing, shelter, or vital resources. If we knew what others were thinking, this would make personal interactions very difficult and troubling. So, if one knew how long he had to live, this would remove the value and urgency of life. People would lose focus on what was truly important. The ambiguous unknown forces that forces one to stay alert spiritually and recognize the deep reliance that we have upon Hashem. And this is the introduction that David has to Tehillim. His life came and Ashraya Ish, it was a focus on how do I live the most productive life connected to Hashem. This is why the term flesh and blood is specifically used, as it calls to mind man's frailty and vulnerable state of existence, the very source of encouragement that propels one to excel in life. Let me talk to you about David's perspective. King David was truthfully dis- destined to die after only three hours of life, as we talked about in intro three. It was only the gracious donation of Adam that added 70 years to David's existence. David has lived his entire life with a perspective of purpose and focus, knowing that it was all a gift. And so this first capital is introducing us to David's life, which is, I have a gift from Hashem, and therefore I need to use it properly and make sure that I follow Ashraya-ish, the advice of how to live a healthy life. He wished to achieve the greatest spiritual heights and closeness to Hashem. He never took his time for granted. Hashem rewarded him with spiritual wealth and physical richness and royalty as well. Let's come back to our parallel of the Chumash and Tehillim. King David wrote Tehillim in order to be in line with Moshe's Torah. Moshe concluded the Torah with an expression in Mezosa Bracha 3329, Ashrecha Yisrael, praiseworthy are you Jews. And so too, David begins Tehillim with the same words that Moshe, so to speak, left off with, Ashre Ha'ish, praiseworthy is the man. And that's the matter of Silkertov. Not my idea. What's that saying? It's saying that Tehillim is a continuation and David's life comes into existence and really all of our lives come into existence with Ashrei Ha'ish, welcome to this world. And Hashem says, I want you to be happy. Ashrei Ha'ish, I want you to be praiseworthy and have a successful life. Osher means wealth and, and health and goodness. 
It doesn't mean that every single person is going to be endowed with physical attributes or physical wealth, but that does mean that Ashra Ish, every single person that's born, despite whatever challenges they're going to face, which are going to be many, Tehillim will be in hand many times, but we have the opportunity to have greatness in life. David embodied the man striving for perfection. Thus, this first event of life is the birth of David and really Ashra Ish, the birth of all of mankind. It's for this reason that so much of Sefer Tehillim focuses on the virtue and happiness of a person who lives a life connected to Hashem. The first stage of man's perfection is to be aware of the world around him and know what is good and what is evil. The next stage, or as we said earlier, is the next stage is to perform Hashem's, Hashem's commandments with enthusiasm. David made it amply clear that his Tehillim were an emotional and intellectual discussion of the great ideals of Moshe's Torah. Let's talk about true Osher happiness. Malbim points out that the world, that the word Hatzlacha, success, refers to earthly accomplishments. When someone embarks on a business venture, we wish him or her Hatzlacha, that he should be he or she should be successful. The word ashray, blessed, which opens Sefer Tillam, refers to spiritual success. David shows us with his very first utterance in Tillam that if our focus is on maximizing and using life in a spiritual way, then we have the key to happiness. Ashray, if you recognize that your purpose is here for spirituality. When one is in tune with spiritual ideals, then the challenge of staying away from bad influences is made clear and easier, which is verse 1. The success, the successful person's focus is geared on connecting with Torah and seeing it as a true source of blessing and greatness, verses 2 and 3 and beyond. David's message. David began his journey in life with a commitment to truth and spirituality. He shows us how to find spiritual fulfillment through keeping the Torah and mitzvahs. David compares the Torah scholar to a firmly planted tree on the riverbank whose leaves will never wilt, verse 4. Chazal in Sukkah 21b learned from this expression that just as a leaf protects the fruit under it and serves a great purpose, so too the Talmud Chacham's every word and even his joking comments need to be studied for their depth. This shows us that one can imbue his or her life with great holiness that elevates the mundane. See Bracha 63b. This is our purpose as well. Behold, to know God in every way. David points out very clearly in verses 5 and 6 that the way of the righteous leads to happiness, and the way of the evil do doers is unfortunately doomed. David pleads with us to choose a life of holiness and greatness and to share his passion for life and for the service of Hashem. Let us join together as we say to Hillam for the situation and for our lives and for our children and for our families and for all the things that we're yearning for. And may Hashem answer our tefillahs as we rededicate our lives to him. Ashreya ish Hashem, I know you want us to be happy and successful. I am dedicating my life to you to be Ashrei, to be pursuing spirituality and to connecting to you. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me.